NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope X prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield, mad skills, lottie dottie, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the bar, then watch out for the kids, EVT is out here broadcasting, EVT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EVT podcast. Padres EVT podcast. Hello, folks. Welcome to the East Village Times podcast. My name is James Clark, and uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, Patrick Brewer. What is up, Patrick? We are here for the 102nd episode of the East Village Times podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's kind of weird that you have this different intro. I'm not really used to it yet, so kind of throwing me <laughs> off, but uh, <laughs> I'm doing well. I have my new mic, so hopefully I sound better than I usually do, hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we'll see how this goes. You're going upwards and I'm going downwards. I'm sitting here <laughs> recording off of my iPhone He's recording it using a potato. Yeah, basically, basically. <laughs> um, the let, let let's talk about the Padres minor leaguers right off bat. Uh, that is the premise of this podcast. Uh, the major league team is just kind of frustrating right now, so you, we will probably transition to them at, at some point in this podcast. But let's let's start off by talking about uh, the minor leaguers. Uh, position by position and talk about maybe uh our player of that position for the system and maybe go into a little bit of a rundown about how deep the system is i mean it's pretty remarkable i just did my top 100 list and i feel pretty confident that i was able to to get a lot of these guys although in constructing this list i found new players almost every day because it's just it's ever-changing uh the amount of teenagers on this on this team so uh patrick your thoughts on this minor league system so far i mean you've got to be happy with with what aj pro has constructed right i mean nobody expects perfection but you've got to be satisfied with uh with the way all these young kids are playing and, and the way that the the team is trending upward correct yeah i mean you look at kind of what a shit show the major league roster has been um how many guys we expected to be, you know, the first wave have, have sort of taken a step back. I mean, I think Man- Manuel Margot's obviously turning around a bit, but he's still had his struggles. Uh, Hedges hasn't really turned into what we've hoped. Um, Lauer and Lucchese have had flashes, but have both kind of had some ups and downs as well. So there's been kind of a, a, obviously a, a learning curve a bit in the major leagues, which I think I think that's good for fans to see because um, I get the feeling a lot of people think that when these top prospects come up, they're going to be immediately good. And I mean, that does happen. Sometimes you see guys like Carlos Correa, uh, Francisco Lindor, who just kind of take the majors by storm right off the bat, but that's not going to be the case with a lot of these guys. So this adjustment period, I think is important to see. Um, but when you look down at the farm, I mean, really there's only a handful of guys that haven't taken steps forward. I mean, you think about Cal Quantrill as a guy who's kind of struggled this year, but I mean, you look up the top 30 and most of those guys have, if not taken a step forward, at least have kind of stayed where they were. Um, Mm -hmm. There's not really any guys that have taken a huge step back, save for maybe Quantrill. Um, A couple of the younger guys have kind of had their troubles. I mean, Jorge Onas kind of had a a bit of a down year. Uh, Edward Oliveras maybe hasn't been what we expected when we traded uh, Solarte to get him. 
I just said we. I, I hate when people say we when talking about the team. <laughs> um, so I apologize. Um, so there's some guys that have taken steps back, steps back, but I think overall, you look at the top 10, I think pretty much across the board, we've seen good improvement. I mean, maybe Luis Arias isn't hitting as well as we'd hoped, but I think he's um, starting to put it together a little bit more recently. I think he still has pretty high upside uh, once he does get to the bigs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's unlimited amount of upside in, in a lot of these prospects and speaking of which let's start off by talking about francisco mejia and the catching depth on the padres presently uh I, if you look at a franchise the, the i would probably have to say that the padres have the most amount of catching depth out of all of the major league franchises right now when you're talking about a mejia uh, Austin Allen, a Camposano, a Hunt, even a, Lu- a Luis Torrens that's down there. I mean, there's a lot of depth, and, and Austin Allen is, is still a young man in himself. So uh, let's start off by talking about the catchers. Uh, let's exclude Mejia from this list, but who do you who do you give your nod to as far as the catcher of the year uh, in the minor leagues so far for the San Diego Padres? I mean, I can't speak too much for depth of other teams, so I don't really know if I'd say they have the best depth. Um, I think at least at the top they probably do because, I mean, you have Hedges. Um, he is knocking on the door. Allen's probably soon to be knocking on the door. So there's three guys who maybe could start. I mean, I know there's some questions on Allen uh, long term. But I think Allen's the guy who's got got the honors for catcher of the year so far. Um, he's got a 136 WRC plus in San Antonio. Um, he's got seems like a million extra base hits. Um, he's kept his strikeout rate at 20%, so that's pretty solid. You don't want to see that getting too high. Um, 360 on base, um, slugging percentage over 500. Um, he's made some good strides on defense. I think we've heard better reports um, from scouts on his defense. That's been the kind of question mark for him. Um, so I definitely think he's made positive strides. Um, you look at some other guys. I mean, Terence has had some flashes of, of good. Um, he's still obviously young. Uh, he's a guy who had to obviously be on the major league roster the whole year, so there's some questions there. Um, Campusano's had a pretty solid year. I think Hunt's taken a bit of a step back. He's maybe one of the guys you could say has taken a step back. Um, but yeah, I think overall there's there's options there. I think there's some guys who could be, um, you know, long term pieces, um, if not major league regulars, at least uh, major, major league backups uh, from the catching position. Yeah, yeah. I, I looking at looking at Hunt's numbers, he has uh, he's walking a little more now. I, you know, I, I I'm pretty close to Blake. I've, I've talked to him a couple times. He's He's excited with what he's doing in Tri-Cities. You know, he, he's only 19, but when I look at the catchers, I see Mejia, I see Allen, I see Terenz, I see Camposano, I see Hunt. I see five players that could potentially be major leaguers at some point in their career, and that's pretty phenomenal. And, and then you look beyond that, and you have players like Hosma, who is a infielder, shortstop, uh, Alaskan prep who's converted to catcher and is doing pretty well in the AZL from reports that I've heard. Uh, it's a new position for him and he's learning it, so he could progress as well. Uh, then you have Allison Quintero, young teenage uh, teenager from Venezuela who was drafted a couple years ago in the international market who's also progressing. And an interesting name that I'd like to throw out there is Nick Gatewood, who was, uh, who was selected this year in the draft. Left-handed uh, probably uh, offensive first catcher. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Allen. I don't want to say he's necessarily going to be as good and progress as well as he is, but there's some interesting names there at catchers. I'm, I'm intrigued that the team has kind of embraced that and kind of tried to build around the middle uh, of the diamond with a lot of catchers, a lot of uh, in middle infielders, and a lot of uh, center fielders as well. So it's interesting to see. Uh, let's move on to first base. Give me your thoughts about first base. Uh, we can throw out some names uh, immediately. 
it's got to be obvious who the uh, first baseman of the year is, correct, uh, as far as the minor leagues. So give me your thoughts on first base, Patrick. Yeah, I think it's definitely uh, got to be the Josh Naylor show. Um, <laughs> he's had yeah. a stellar year. Um, he's up to a 137 WRC+. Plus. Um, him and Allen have seemed to just match each other step per step. Um, Naylor's got a higher on-base percentage and a higher batting average. He's been kind of more consistent at the plate in that regard. But I think Allen's been hitting lots of extra base hits. Um, but, yeah, N- Naylor's been definitely good to see him kind of break out a little bit, honestly. I think he's realistically... In a lot of systems, he's definitely a top 10 prospect, maybe even a top 5 prospect. With the Padres, he's more of a top 15 prospect, which just goes to show the depth of the system. Um, he's definitely had a great year. Um, it's been good to see him kind of get a chance. Uh, a walk rate higher than a strikeout rate at any level is great to see. Um, he realistically could be one of those guys at the big league level that has at least similar uh, walk and strikeout rates, which I think in this day and age has become more and more rare. So it's good to see a player with, with that sort of caliber of, of offensive profile. Yeah, no, it's, the steps that he's taken uh, this year offensively have been impressive. It's also impressive to see him play the outfield. We'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about the outfielders, but he's been serviceable in the outfield. And I've always said that he is more athletic than everyone gives him credit for because I've seen him make athletic plays out on the diamond. I've seen him butcher balls as well, but I've seen him make super athletic plays, which makes you believe that it's in there somewhere. I mean, he's still a young kid, so he could figure it out. Uh, beyond Naylor, the position is is really weak for the farm system, uh, though it should be. I mean, with Eric Cosmer committed for the next five years, there's really no need to have any up-and-comers uh, in the upper minor leagues. you got people like Ty France, uh, Brad Zunica, uh, Camposano's played some first, Austin Allen's played some first, you have uh, Jason Pineda, in the AZL, uh, recently drafted uh, Duanya Williams-Sutton is also capable of playing first, uh, as is Matt Batten. It's just not a real deep position for the Padres. It's, I don't know. Is that a concern for them? I mean, I, I, know, I know they're invested into Hosmer, so it's not really a, a necessity because first basemen are usually just uh, first base only type of players. But I mean, give me your I'm thoughts not, on on that. I'm not worried about. It. I mean, a lot, a lot of teams find first basemen from you know outfielders who don't work out or third basemen yeah, who don't work yeah. out. So it's just off the scrap heap. Right? Yeah, I'm not really Basically. worried about having first base depth. That's probably the one position that if you don't have depth, that's maybe a good thing. Um, you don't yeah, want like you don't yeah. want ten guys that are first base only prospects kind of hanging exactly. around because they're not really valuable trade chips for the most part. I mean, I think Naylor's got some value simply because his offensive profile has taken such a good step forward. Um, uh-huh, but yeah, most uh-huh. of those guys, I don't really see them as um, most most first base prospects are just kind of maybe fringe guys. They could be a bench bat, but a lot of them don't really hit and, and work out. Um, you don't really see that yeah. that often. Exactly. So let's go from a position of hardly any depth to prob- to arguably the team's position player uh, the the position that they have the most depth in as far as position players not a second base because it, it's just it's coming out of their ears at this point uh, obviously we have Luis Arias uh, leading the pack who should be a viable major leaguer for a, a while or at least that's what Padre fans are hoping but behind him uh, there's Estero Ruiz who's probably the next uh, in line uh, and then in back of him, there's just so many names. I mean, let me. I'm gonna throw out like ten names for you right now. There's uh, Eggy Rosario. Uh, we have uh, Rudy Garon, uh, Kelvin Milan. Uh, there's Tucapita Marcano, Marcano, Jordi Barley, Justin Lopez, Luis Almazar, uh, Olivier Basabe. Uh, I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. Uh, there's also Decker that was drafted this year at second. I mean, there's Ilaraza. I mean, there's just just 
there's so many names at second base. Uh, most of these guys are teenagers. Uh, Arias and Ruiz are, are the cream of the crop, but there's some interesting names out there. Uh, Justin Lopez, who arguably is probably not going to stay at second. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Barley, the same thing. Uh, Almanzar's kind of been a project for the team. Uh, give me your thoughts at second base and, and the fact that the team just seems to just have literally 10 or 15 viable prospects at the position. Yeah, I'm going to go with my uh, my favorite, my current favorite Padre name, um, Tucapita Marcano. I know me and you and uh, a writer on our site, Francisco, we were at the uh, the uh, little, what, what do they call it? Like the Padres on deck. The Futures game. game. Last, yeah, yeah. last uh, September. And I remember uh-huh. he was he was in the game, and we were all like, oh, man, I love this guy. That name is perfect. Um, I love the batting stance. Uh, he's a little dude, but he's had an insane year so far. I mean, he's got 120 plate appearances in rookie ball. He's got a 162 WRC+. Plus. Um, he's just been – I mean, he's got a 378 batting average and a on-base percentage near 500. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not, a, not a big power threat, but, I mean, with a 17% walk rate and a 7% strikeout rate, um, that's, that's good to see. I mean, he's 18. He's in yeah. rookie ball, so you don't really want to put too much – weight on it at this point but with, with those kind of numbers i mean that's definitely good to see so i'm i'm definitely curious to see if he gets uh, a call up to a either tri-city or fort wayne before the end of the year and kind of see what he can do what he can show um it's obviously hard with like you said the, the depth of the position but i mean you gotta kind of give it to the guys who are performing well um and i, I know you mentioned basabe he's got a, a wrc plus over 150 for the year as well um i think mm-hmm. he's currently in tri-city i want to say is that right? Yes, yes. And so he's showing some tremendous power for shows my lack a, a middle prep. infielder. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, he's, for he's definitely... Infielder, yeah. he's showing some power, which is Yeah, he's got an a, a OPS over 900, so that's going to play. Um, definitely. Yeah. He, he's also got some skill. Um, he's got some speed. Um, definitely can show more than just uh, the bat, so that's that's good to see on that front. But yeah, second base is a deep position. Uh, a lot of a lot of fringy guys there, teenagers, guys that might not pan out. Pasabe uh, is mm-hmm, 20. Mm-hmm. I believe he was drafted. I want to say two years ago, or was that last yeah, year? Yeah, two. It was two thousand sixteen, I believe. That's that's what I want to say, but I might be wrong. Yeah. Right? don't quote me. Um, but yeah, he's it's been good to see that, and it's kind of amazing that we can talk about those two, and maybe even Ruiz, who arguably have all had better years than Urias. So, yeah, he's obviously exactly. a guy soon, but those guys uh, long term could be in play but, at some point. Basabe was drafted last year, actually, in eighth round. Last year, okay. uh, out of Faulkner, um, but. What I'm impressed about seeing uh, out of Tucapita is the fact that he started in the DSL and we're starting to see talent, viable major league prospect type talent come out of the DSL. Uh, this week we had a writer in the in the Dominican who got some awesome coverage, awesome insight on, on a lot of these young kids. But it, when you see a person like Tucapita, you see a person like uh, Manuel Partida come out of there and have success – then you know that they're doing things right, and you know that that's a system that just hasn't bared fruit in for, forever for this team. So well, when you see that though, that progress starting to happen there, you get excited. So second base is definitely a position of a lot of depth. And then you got to factor in a lot of shortstops that could potentially move into second base if, if all else fails. Uh, players like Xavier Edwards, uh, top draft selection from this year's draft, could easily slide over to second base if uh, a name like Fernando Tatis is, is, at, is at short. So there's uh, a lot of uh, depth in the in the middle infield. Uh, let's move to shortstop. Uh, we brought up Tatis, unfortunately, out for the rest of the year, which is kind of heartbreaking uh, for a lot of fans. But uh, beyond Tatis, there's probably uh, Gabriel Arias is probably the next known name. Uh, Xavier Edwards also. 
give me your thoughts on the shortstop position uh, and in general how the Padres uh, plan to fix this hole that they've had at the position for seemingly ever. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty wild that Tatis is up to a 128 WRC+, which is obviously where he'll stay now that he's injured. Yeah, um, yeah. Considering his first two months were, or really first month and a half were so dreadful, I mean, the fact that he's up that high is crazy. Um, yeah. Gabriel Arias has had a really, really rough year. Um, I think last I checked, his WRC+, plus was in like the 50s or 60s. Um, yeah. His offense just has not caught up at all to his glove. And I mean, and he's made like 23 errors this year. Or something yeah. So like I mean, he's kind well. of taking a step back. I think all on all fronts. I mean, he's only what? 18, 19. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jordy Barley's so, another guy who's kind of had a, a meh year. I mean, he's been sort of underwhelming since they uh, signed him internationally. Um, I think Justin Lopez is another guy that comes to mind. Um, same thing with second base, though. A lot of these guys are just middle infielders. So they can play second. They can play short. Um, they jump around a bit. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of been underwhelming. I mean, Tatis, obviously, the good sign. He's going to be your shortstop, hopefully, the next you know six, seven, plus longer than that year. So the rest of these guys maybe don't really play into it as much. I mean, they're all 17, 18. So six years from now, they're still only 23, 24. So <laughs> realistically, I mean, yeah. they could be next in line if Tatis does you know leave one day. I know that's terrible to think about, but... Um, things happen. So these guys have all not really done enough to really warrant that conversation just yet, though. No, yeah, and they were all drafted as 16, 17-year-olds. They're still getting their feet wet. A lot of these guys would be seniors in high school at this point. So, you know, judging them for not putting the ball in play, not getting their, you know, getting everything in order, being that they're in a different country, speaking a different language, and trying to accomplish a very difficult task in playing baseball it's just going to take time for some of these these guys but names like barley lopez almanzar they're you know one of those three one of those names is going to emerge and, and we'll just have to wait and see uh that's what happens when you invest money in a lot of 16 17 year olds they can either hit or they can miss and and uh we'll just have to wait and see let's move to third base where hudson potts is arguably nailing down uh, the future of the position. Uh, beyond Hudson, there's really not much else. There's uh, several players who are playing, that, that are capable of playing third base, like a Justin Lopez or uh, Eggy Rosario. Uh, there's Jason Pineda that was just drafted uh, this year, 18-year-old uh, in the AZL, uh, Ty France, uh, Rudy Heron. There's really not much at third base moving forward. Uh, give me your thoughts. I think Hudson would obvi- obviously be our our player of the year in the minor leagues. I mean, the numbers that he's putting up are, are very impressive, and he's uh, he seems to really get it. Um, give me your thoughts at third base, Patrick. Yeah, before I talk about uh, Potts, I want to kind of touch on uh, kind of maybe an unknown guy, Vladimir Echeverria. Um, he's in the DSL. Mm-hmm. Um, he's mm-hmm. had a pretty phenomenal year so far. Um, just kind of wanted to to shout him out a bit. But yeah, Potts has definitely had a great year. Uh, 17 home runs on the year, 32 doubles. I mean, he's got basically 50 extra base hits, as, as many extra base hits as singles. Uh, that's going to get the job done, 131 WRC+. I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of kind of flack going around when the Padres drafted him, given where they drafted him and given that he was you know just an underslot guy so they could give money to Quantrill. Um, there was a lot of criticism of that. But Potts has shown that he's – honestly, I think he's currently playing better than Quantrill. I mean – I know he's at a lower yeah. level, but you could argue he's playing better. He's younger. He's only 19, and he's destroying high A, which is great to see. Um, so I don't know if he's a long-term fit at third base. I don't know if he's a long-term kind of you know everyday starter at third. 
Um, I, I think I'd rather them sign Manny Machado, as we've talked about before. But I think Potts is a guy who is, is going to keep gaining value and he's going to keep performing well. And I think he could, if he keeps this up, I mean, he could definitely knock on that door someday. Yeah, no, he's he's shown the intangibles. Uh, I interviewed him in Lake Elsinore a couple of weeks ago. It was my first chance to really sit down and, and speak to him face-to-face. And I was very impressed with the fact that he absorbed everything I, I said. Uh, he looked intently at me, and you could tell he was really listening to what I was saying, and he waited till I was completely done, and then he went out and, and he said his piece. And he's a quiet guy, and he's all about working hard, and uh, you can see the passion that he has for the game, which is a number one thing that I love to see out of prospects. It's a grind playing this game, even at the major league level. Uh, some major leaguers that are making millions upon millions of dollars are frankly bored out there, and they don't have a passion for the game. Uh, I, I, I like and I see a lot of the young Padre prospects with a passion for the game. They'll always be competitive. Competitive. They'll always be out there to compete. They'll always be out there to win, and and that's what you need when you when you construct a uh, championship type of ball team so uh let's move on to the outfield where there is some depth here and there uh there's several names to, to throw out i think that mejia might add to the outfield depth a little bit being uh that he they're not necessarily sure if whether or not he's going to stick a catcher but um give me some names in the outfield that you're excited to see this year uh that have possibly progressed a little bit uh, i do see several names that have unfortunately uh, taken a step back in the outfield this year. I mean, I think the big one in terms of guys who've taken a step forward, and, and really it's a more of a giant leap forward, um, I think mm-hmm. Buddy Reed would be the obvious yes. one that comes to mind. Yes. Um, yes. He's had an insane year so far. Um, the fact that he's doing what he's doing after, there were so many question marks about whether he could hit at all. I mean, whether he could even hit enough to be in a lineup. And now it seems like he's hitting enough to be a potential big leaguer someday. I know that's still a far, a far way off, but... Um, the fact he's taken such a giant step forward really stands out to me. I think he would be the guy that I would kind of reference. Um, as I said before, Jorge Ona has taken a step back. There's a few other guys have taken a bit of a step back. But I think Buddy Reed stands out as really the guy who's um, kind of taking the, the mantle, so to speak, on that front. Yeah, no, there's – unfortunately, there have been several that have taken a step back. You know, Ona and Oliveris we kind of uh, mentioned a little bit. Uh, Geddes hasn't exactly – lit up the double a scene like we had hoped uh mason house has struggled uh, he struggled in tri-city had to be sent back down to azl uh, i'm hearing reports that he's still having a little bit of a long swing they're having issues with him uh in particular with fastballs uh interesting to see because there's high upside with him i'm, I'm interested to see where he can ultimately land uh as far as players that are taking a step forward let's talk about robbie Podorsky, who gets virtually no love the tiny outfielder who's just scrappy as all hell. Uh, I wish he was left-handed. If he was left-handed, he'd probably already be in the upper minors in, at this point. But a right-handed hitter uh, with speed who just seems to just, like I say, just do the right things on the ball field. Uh, give me your thoughts on Podorsky. Uh, I know our, our writer's feed had a little bit of a debate on him the other day. A lot of people uh, love him. He's kind of a crowd favorite, if you will. But give me your thoughts on that young man. I mean, he's 23 and he's in high A and obviously yeah. performing well. I mean, well, he was performing well in A. He's got a, he had a 154 WRC plus before he was called up to uh, Elsinore. He's kind of struggled so far in Elsinore, but I mean, it's only 20 at bats, so not really reading too much into that. But yeah, 
to me, he looks like future like Travis Jankowski Jr. Like maybe he could. I be think a big... I think those at bats in Austin were for earlier this year. He's back in Tri City oh, from what I believe. Okay. Yes, so I believe maybe he's like a maybe he's a future like bench player. I mean, I know he plays hard and he's got some speed and mm-hmm, um, he can mm-hmm. play the outfield pretty well. But I, I don't see him as a as a major leaguer. I think I'd like to see him challenged at a higher level, considering he's twenty three. Um, mm-hmm. But I know he was just drafted last year out of college, uh, a smaller college, I believe. So there's going to be some time that he can kind of play it out here. But I, I definitely think that he could maybe be a, a big league backup at some point. But I, I don't see him as ever being anything more than, than just that. Yeah, he, he's he's going to need some time for sure. I mean, there's, there's just nothing, there's just no doubt about it. He's, he's should, a scrappy type of guy. But We should probably you know, shout out Jason Rosario and uh, Tierso Ornelas. Obviously, Tierso's on the DL currently. Um, but both have had pretty good years. I mean, Rosario, I think, has impressed me. Um, Ornelas has impressed me, obviously, with his um, his offensive ability. So both guys, I think, deserve some mention here. Those are two guys, I think, long-term. I think short-term, both could be top 100 prospects within the next year or year and a half. I think that they have that sort of helium. I mean, they're both 18, but, I mean, Ornelas has, had, has shown some good um, power. He's shown some good extra base ability. Um, he's got 13 doubles, three triples, eight homers. Um, I think the big thing about Ornelas, he's got pretty good walk rate. Same with same with Rosario. Both guys have shown pretty solid play discipline overall. Um, I mean, they've had their hiccups, obviously. Both are young. But I think both have shown good discipline at the plate, um, which is obviously good to see for guys who are 18, 19 years old. I mean, they're both on the verge of 19. Um, Rosario's impressed me even more because he's got an on-base percentage near 400, which is obviously great to see. Um, his power hasn't really been quite there as Ornelas's has, but I think... Rosario could be maybe a top of the order type bat uh, in the future if he can kind of keep up that on base percentage. Yeah, there's definitely some interesting names. Uh, some other names to shout out a little bit: uh, Angel Solarte, a 17 year old that was drafted uh, last year on the international market. Uh, Luis Asuncion in uh, Tri City was an All Star last year. He's 21, uh, power hitting right handed uh, bat. Needs some needs a little bit of adjustment with his plate discipline, but also interesting name, uh, Fabian. Uh, I believe his first name's Alberto Fabian, sixteen uh, year old uh, that was just drafted in uh, or just signed in these in this uh, signing period uh, out of the Dominican Republic has some pretty good upside. Uh, then there's Jack Sawinski, uh, Jordi Francisco, Trey Carter. Uh, Rod Boykin has taken a step back. He started the season in Double A and really did not look well, uh, is in Lake Elsinore and, and also struggling. Uh, he has an issue with sliders. He struck out about half his appearances this year. There's some reasons to be concerned about his future with the system for sure. But uh, there's there's some depth here and there in, in the outfield. But I think the, the main issue is that the current major league team is stacked in the outfield, and, and we have a lot of uh, there I go using we again, but uh, <laughs> the Padres have a lot of depth and a lot of young players in the outfield currently, so they don't necessarily need a lot of players in the upper minor league system in the outfield. So well, I think that's uh, good because a lot of a lot of our favorite I think players in, in the minors in terms of outfield are, are young. So like Rosario yes. and Rosario and Ornelas, I mean, the soonest they probably be here is like three or four years. So at that point, yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you might not even have guys like Cordero and Renfro around, um, or exactly. even, even Myers. Who knows at that point? Who knows? Contract, yeah, at that point, who knows? It's really so they, far off. They, there is a method to this this Padre madness, and they have structured their team very well in that regard. So that these waves of talent that everyone writes about and everyone speaks about do hit in, in a timely manner, because you don't want to have three second basemen hit at the second at the same time. You don't want uh, all of these outfielders to all hit at the same time. You, you need them to st- be staggered. So that you can make a determination whether or not you want to deal 
players or prospects w- when the time comes. So uh, there's some interesting trade talks going on in the major league team. We'll get to that hopefully at the end of the pod if we have some time. Uh, let's get into the starting pitching, which is probably the team's deepest department right now. Uh, I know the team is currently negotiating with a bunch of uh, teams like the Mets, Cardinals, uh Tigers, whoever else for young, controllable starting pitching. And I think that is just because they have so much depth at that position. They know that there's just no way that all these guys are going to be given a fair shot to be major leaguers. So something has to be done. And then there's the Rule four, rule, uh, rule 5 draft next year that, that, that needs to be issue, addressed as well. So let's get into starting pitching, Patrick. Uh, at this point, Logan Allen would probably be my starting pitcher of the year. Who who would be your starting pitcher of the year at this point for the Padres minor league system? Um, Chris Paddock for sure. Um, dude's got yeah. an ERA just over two. Um, he's mm-hmm. looked electric. I mean, he's on the mound tonight. Um, he's he's shoving so far. I think he's got, I want to say four. He's through four innings with seven strikeouts and one hit. Awesome. Um, so sixty one pitches. So pretty dominant tonight. Um, shout out to Luis Patino as well. He th- he threw yes. five shutout innings. Actually, five no hit innings today. Seven strikeouts. Um, you you, you been... get the leg, you see the leg kick on that kid. That, that's yeah, it looks like Mackenzie Gore. <laughs> it it looks like uh, it looks like a pitcher that's out there ready to compete every single day, and is and I, I like when I see that kind of flair from a pitcher. That, that that mean that's ace type of uh, demeanor when I see that. That's like hit me if you can type yeah, of uh, type of body language, and I, and, I love seeing that. Uh-huh, and I think M- Michelle Bias has been quietly good. I know he's taken a bit of a step back, but. I- yeah, he's a little yeah. older for his level at 22, so there's some questions there about that. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Allen's 21 and he's you know tearing up Double A, so that kind of gives you some pause. But Bias has still been pretty consistent. Morahone's looked really good. I mean, there's just been so many great reports on Morahone. I mean, uh, was it Baseball America who had him ranked? I think I think they had him ranked like third or fourth on their top 10 update, and there was like reports about him being you know mid 90s consistently, even hitting upper 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, really, they said three. Secondary pitches that all look like they could be plus. I mean, with a, with yeah. four pitches that could be plus. I mean, that's that's a big league starter, and I mean, not just a big league starter. That's like a that's like a potential top of the rotation starter. So he's really, I think, mm-hmm. taking a giant step forward. I mean, there's some injury concern there, but he looks like he's healthy. Um, he had a rehab start. He looked pretty pretty good the other night. Um, so he looks like he'll be back soon. Um, Reggie Lawson has kind of taken a bit of a step back after a hot start, but he still has an ear under four. He's looked pretty solid. Um, when he's on the hill, Mackenzie Gore looks good. Obviously, there's been questions on that. I think really the only one of the bunch who's really taken a step back is Cal Quantrill. Um, he's ERA yeah. over five. You could you could say Mason Thompson similarly has taken a step back. Yeah, he was kind of on yeah. the outside a bit. Um, Pedro Avila hasn't really been nearly as good. Yeah, as Yeah, I was, was going to mention Avila. But he as well. still looked pretty good overall. I mean, ERA under four, and people kind of don't really they bat their eye at it a bit. But I mean, the Cal League is a hitters league for the most part. Yes. Um, so yes. it has been known for that. So. Guys with ERAs under four, that's still solid. I mean, it's not an ERA under three, but given where you're playing, I think that's good to note. Uh, Jacob Nix, since coming back, has been quietly very good as well. I think yes. he's a guy who, who goes he goes kind of under the radar. I mean, he doesn't get the attention of, you know, Lauer and Lucchese, who have kind of obviously passed him up. Um, Quantrill, I think, has more attention than him. But Nix is just 22. I mean, he's in double A. I think Paddock's mm-hmm. sort of caught up to him. Allen's obviously maybe passed him a bit, but he's just in that mm-hmm. conversation as well for guys who could be up in the next year or so. So yeah, there, really, there's... you look at this list. There's five, probably five guys here who could realistically be up in the big leagues within a year to two years. So they're going to have too many arms for rotation, which yes. maybe segues us into the conversations about trading some of these pieces for long-term assets. And maybe some people say that's too soon, but 
if there's guys available well, and you can make a deal, then I think you got to consider it. Well, let's get into it. Well, first off, let me shout out a couple other pitchers that that I wanted to shout out. Oh, uh, Nick Margovich oh, yeah, is also pitching tonight. Is, uh, he's been awesome. Uh, Osvaldo Hernandez is leading the Midwest League in ERA under two. Is quietly, quietly going under the radar. That is another pitcher who has three or four uh, plus pitches in the in in reality, and it, it's just amazing when when I think about. Players like that that get no press, that would easily be a top thirty prospect in, in, in someone someone's organization. I mean, this kid's twenty years old. There's there's a lot of upside with him. Um, Aaron Leisher's had a great year in in, in uh, Fort Wayne as well. He made the All Star team. Uh, Manuel Partida is someone that I'm very high on. That well, speaking is in of the someone DSL. who pitched today, he's throws six innings, eight strikeouts, one hit. Partida, Partida did. Yeah. Wow. There you go. I mean that that. That, and he's 17. That's a 17-year-old kid. Partita is going to be this year's Patino. I, I, I was so? on Patino last year. I was on Patino last year. Uh, Partita is going to be the same thing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I would be surprised if they let him finish the season in the DSL. What about, he needs uh, to get a, what about Frank Lopez? Got some thoughts on yeah, him? He's 17 Lopez, too, right? Exactly, yes, and already in the AZL. That's, that's another name that I think is probably going to be this next year's Patino. Uh, Lopez and Partida have a chance to be top 30 prospects in, in my estimation in the next year or two. Very young, just high ceiling players. I've heard glowing reports from several of the Padres catchers in the minor leagues about them and about their movement and about their demeanor. These kids are real. Uh, Henry Henry is another name that's, that's, ah, that's my in, in the minor leagues. No offense uh, to Capita Marcona. But those exactly. two, those yeah. two are neck and neck for uh, best name in in the Padres system for sure. There's there's just, just there's so many names down there. I mean, uh, Omar Cruz, Ramon Perez, a pair of lefties are also performing really well. Uh, Efrain Contreras is a, is a name that no one's really heard of that has an ERA under one uh, or under two. Moises Lugo, there's just there's just so many names down there. Martin Carrasco, there's Tom, my head's gonna blow up. Yeah, there's so many names of players that potentially could emerge out of the pack. I'm not saying any of these guys are prospects with quotation marks, if you will, now, but there's names, high-velocity, high-upside pitchers that could, that could eventually be uh, could be relevant, and it's it's exciting. Uh, before we get into the trade talk, let's, let's give some shout-outs to the relief pitchers, though, because uh, they need a little love as well. Uh, Andres Munoz, Trey Wingenter, Jose Castilla, uh, Dylan Coleman has been impressive this year. Uh, a draft pick from a month and a half ago. Brad Wick, Cancel Rodriguez, Daniel Dallas, uh, David Bedner. The Padres had depth with arms, so it's exciting for sure to be a Padre fan, and it's exciting they, um, for sure. Are they stretching out Coleman, or are they just sticking him in the bullpen? No, he's in the bullpen. I, I think the I think it's pretty obvious from what I've read and what I've heard that he's a, a two pitch pitcher. And he's struggling with that second pitch, but he's been able to to get his slider going. And I like the upside with him, and I like the fact that they stole him in, in what was it, third, fourth round, something like that. I mean, and he's already pitching in, in, in full season ball. I mean, that's that's it's impressive to say the least. I mean, when you're talking about a guy who's 21 and, and topping out in, in the high 90s, there's there's potential for him to be a, a Phil Maton type of player who progresses in the system quickly and is at the major league level eventually uh, within the next year or so. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's uh, that type of player. So we'll have to wait and see. But it's uh, I love the fact that this scouting system and the baseball operations department goes above and beyond 
and and we're pulling these names out of nowhere. So it's uh, it's exciting times, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm Patrick. definitely excited for and- Andres Munoz. I mean, he's up to double A now. Yeah, um, the walk rate is still kind of obscenely high, but if he can figure that out, I mean, with that fastball. And I mean that slider combination. I think he could be a, a, a deadly relief arm, late late inning option for the Padres long term. For sure, it's 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 exciting. It's exciting. Uh, so let's talk about about the San Diego Padres. Uh, oh, do we have is, to? Yes, we do have to talk about the forty-two and sixty-three, fifteen and a half games out of first place San Diego Padres, who are not going to improve on last year's record. Uh, what can I say? They're they're two and eight in their last ten. They dropped a game today in New York early. You know, I know losing pieces like Hand, potentially losing pieces like Ross and Stammen and Yates, and whoever else is is dealt is is going to be detrimental to their success. But we have to focus on the minor league system. We have to focus on the fact that some of these young players are progressing. Manuel Margot is no longer an issue with his bat. He's Come on, he's looks like he's going to be that everyday type of player that we that we want and that we covet. Austin Hedges has made some adjustments and looks a little better with the bat. There's 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 positives to this young team. Patrick, give me give me your thoughts about this major league team before we start to get into a little bit of uh, trade rumors, which everyone wants to talk about. Do I have to give positives or can I complain? No, you you can t- go ahead. People love it when you when you go off. So just do what you got to do. You okay. Know, at this point, if you're expecting sunshine and, and rainbows from a 42 and 63 club, then get the, get, the, get the fuck out of here. I mean, what the hell? I mean, <laughs> I'll, reality I'll hit, is reality. I'll hit some positives. So, um, okay. I know I was hard on him, but Will Myers has really turned it around. He's looked stellar yes. this year since coming back there from injury. Um, that's definitely something to to be to be happy for uh joey lacazes looks solid i know he's had some ups and downs but he's looked like he could be a you know a big league pitcher long term mm-hmm. um the bullpen has been stellar that's good to see even after hands traded i mean still looks stellar matt strom has been a revelation i mean what an absolute steal to get him in that deal um mm-hmm. i mean brian bookter is like nothing trevor cahill's you know not even on kansas city anymore yeah I mean, bookter's not even on kansas city anymore and brandon mowers look like a disaster most of the time. So the fact that you could have got that you could have got Strom, I mean, you did get Strom for, for in that deal is, is crazy, and that's not even counting Ruiz. Um, just an insane deal on, on Preller's uh, behalf. Um, other than that, not much in the way of bright spots. I mean, Robert Stock this this past yeah, Rock, Robert Stock has looked good so far. I think he's going to take a little bit of time to adjust, but I mean, that was kind of why you can trade Hand because guys like that can come up. I mean, you, you might yeah. trade Stammen or Yates and see a guy like Wingenter get a chance, or exactly. some other lower some other guys in that bullpen exactly. in San Antonio. Um, they, there's plenty of arms down there that could get a chance, so it's going to be good to see. Um, can I just take a second to just talk about Eric Hosmer? I mean, I know me and you were, were kind of leading the charge of let's not sign him and i thought some people gave us some slack for, for some uh, flack for that uh, i know we got some crap once they did sign him because we said they weren't going to sign him um but that's just not looking like a good move and i know it's early it's you know halfway through the first year of a eight of a potentially eight-year contract but he's taken a pretty big step back in almost every front i mean his walk rate has fallen his strikeout rate is over 20 percent for the first time in his career his on-base percentage is lower than it's been at any point in his career or just about lower. I mean, maybe his second year was a little lower. His batting average is probably the lowest it's been. His his ground ball rate is higher than it's ever been. Um, it's, yeah. it's just been hard to watch. I mean, he's, he seems like 
he's already defeated and it's his year one on a rebuilding team and he's already defeated, that's not really a good sign. <laughs> I mean, the ground ball rate's at 61%. His fly ball rate's at 17%. Those are the two – I think those are two of the lowest rates for any player in baseball. Um, yeah. I, I, think you, I don't think you'd be able to find a, a higher ground ball rate and a lower fly ball rate of anyone. Um, it's just been hard to watch. I mean – I thought I was actually looking at the stats a bit to see kind of why he's been bad, and I thought the shift was killing him, but it's actually the shift hasn't actually been that. I mean, he's been better with the shift than without, which is kind of interesting. Um, so when hmm. the, when he's not being shifted against, he's actually a lot worse off, which to me is intriguing. Considering you think he would just be hitting ground balls in the shift, and that's kind of I think I think somewhat that's the narrative you hear is that he's just you know the shift is killing him, but. Sorry, I'm currently pulling up his numbers. Um, my computer, which this should be the last podcast I ever have to do with this computer, so that's good to know. Um, I'm getting, I have a new one already. It's going to be set up hopefully this weekend when I move. So, um, so yeah, against the shift, um, he has a 147 WRC plus, and without the shift, he's wow. got a 54 WRC plus. So, that's a difference. That says all you need to to see about that. Um, I thought for sure, you know, he'd be grounding into the shift, but it turns out he's actually better off with the shift, which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, his his numbers have pretty much cratered in July. I mean, in July, his WRC plus I think was fifteen. I want to say. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, um, yeah, so I... actually, no, it's at negative ten now. Jk, it's at negative ten. So, wow, that's good to see. Um, you definitely want your uh, highest paid player at negative ten. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, just on all fronts, bad. He seems not interested in changing. I'm, I'm really curious to see how this off season goes because if there's no intent for him to change his approach, I mean, if here, I'll, I'll tell you his ground ball numbers, um, his, his, his batted ball profile. Um, mm-hmm. On grounders, he's got a. Sorry, let me pull this up. All right, you, you talk. You know, I, wa- I wonder if he even, if he even pays any attention to to analytics because yeah i i've i've been trying to get an interview with him the the team's rejected me a a few times i don't know if that's him or the team probably the team they don't want me to to ask the the hard-hitting questions to him but okay so guess what his ground guess what his wrc plus is on ground balls for his career for his career it's got to be under 100 right i mean so yeah for most players it's not good so his is about 30 for his career Guess what it is for this year? Ten, five, six. Nice. That's not good. Um, that's even worse yeah. than his career norm, which that might be just because he's hitting more ground balls than he ever has. Um, now let's let's talk about his WRC plus on fly balls, which is really what they want to say. I mean, the the fly ball revolution, so to speak. Um, his mm-hmm. career average is one ninety three WRC plus on fly balls. Uh, this year he's at two hundred five. So Jesus, if he hit nothing but fly balls, I mean, obviously he wouldn't be that high. Because yeah, you know, yeah, there are yeah. fly balls that are pop ups, there are fly balls that are warning track power. I'm not saying it's a if it's a end all be all, but if you find the common ground between a six and a two hundred, I mean, you got to think it's at least you know better than a hundred. And right no, now he's exactly. at eighty nine for the year, and his on on, on liners his WRC plus is four fifteen. So finding some common ground here, if you take you know if you take ten percent of those ground balls away and turn them into liners and fly dry, and liners and fly balls, I think he could be back to like a one thirty WRC. P- plus hitter, which is what he needs to be because he doesn't really provide much defensively. He doesn't provide anything on defense. I mean, at this point, he's he's had a worse season than Chase Headley. He's got four gold gloves, doesn't he? He has four gold gloves, Patrick. Uh, Gold gloves are bullshit. 
Let's be honest. <laughs> People that, like say, "Oh, he's got gold gloves." I mean, that's the argument. Have you guys, wa- have you guys looked at who wins gold gloves? I mean, it's a popularity I, well, I contest. Be- it's bullshit. I heard that before the before he was even here because I always said that he wasn't a good defender, and everyone would always, "Oh, he's got four gold gloves. He's got four gold gloves." And it's like, okay, well, right, he's got four gold gloves. I mean, wouldn't it's bullshit? I mean, it's not. It, it, it's meaningless. It, it is. It is. It is. And and that's why I question, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge analytical guy. And if I was playing the major leagues, I don't know how I would be. I would embrace it. I, I wouldn't think you I would embrace it like it's 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 the live all end all of everything. But I wouldn't ignore it either, because some of these numbers are just ridiculous. I mean, he, it's not hard I mean, to see that that glaringly it's glaringly obvious that. Hitting ground yes. balls does jack shit for you. No, he, for most players, unless Eric you're Billy Hosmer. Hamilton, you can run. You know, yeah. four no, seconds to fir- under four seconds to first base, which Hosmer can't. So no, he's he's a, he's a worm killer. He constantly rolls over on balls. He's it's frustrating. I I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell the fan base. He needs to adjust. You would think that a player would adjust at this day and age, but major league players are stubborn. Especially hey. those that are well paid. So how many how many home runs does Eric Hosmer have? Do you know off the top of your head? Six, ten, I don't know. Okay, ten. How many home runs does Will Myers have off the top of your head? I think he's at nine or eight. Okay. <laughs> how many yeah, more game, like, how many more at bats does Hosmer have than Will Myers? Oh god. Uh, two hundred? Two fifty? I think it's about three hundred. Wow. Yeah. So, no. Myers pretty, on pace that, to hit forty home runs this year. I mean, yeah, Myers can it, hit forty it, home runs in like half the season at this rate. But yeah. Osmer's got ten in four hundred twenty-nine plate appearances. Uh, Myers has nine and I think one hundred and fifty. So I mean, almost three hundred plate appearance difference. And so okay, well let's, let's 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 analyze the two players because in in the whole career of seeing Will Myers, I've seen him adjust several times. I've seen him make different adjustments with his swing, and I admire that. You know, we can debate about whether or not they're successful or whether or not he's uh, into the game like some people will complain about or whatever but he constantly is adjusting and I do like that I do appreciate that that means that he's working on his craft the fact that Eric Hosmer continues to make the same mistakes is frustrating it, it really is the fan base is starting to get frustrated nobody wants to hear Casey fans taunting him on Twitter talking about you got to pay 105 million dollars for this year uh-huh, we told you so blah 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 no, nobody wants to hear that, but that's the reality of it. He looks horrible right now. He is arguably what the bottom five first baseman in all of the major leagues right now. That's the reality of it. There's no sugarcoating that. There's no lying about it. Nobody's embellishing it. Nobody's making it up. That's the reality of it. But how is this eight-year veteran, this perennial all-star, this World Series MVP or World Series champion going to make the adjustments and get himself better? That's what we need to see. I hope that he's bottomed out. I hope that in a month we have this podcast and we're talking about how hot he is and, and the fact that his launch angle's improved. We can only hope. And I hope that he makes those adjustments. I really do because it can be frustrating for the fan base and I know it can be frustrating for the coaching staff and for the players that suit up to him in the locker room. Yeah, I will gladly backtrack a thousand percent if he turns it around. But at this point, exactly. it's not looking good. And I mean, I will I will be the first to say I was very hard on Will Myers last year. I was saying the same exactly. things I'm saying now about Hosmer. But he has he's come out to this year. I mean, he was hurt obviously, but he's come out here. He's performed like a professional. He's he's made adjustments. He's 
learning from he's learning from his coaches obviously he's making those adjustments that you want to see and i know we're hard on players but we want to see them improve we want to see them do well and you've seen that from myers and i will i will not say another bad word about will myers um if he continues to show what he has shown recently i'm not just saying performance i'm saying attitude he looks he looks better on the field he looks like he's in the game i think it's it's really been night and day from last year in terms of how he's looked on the field both in terms of performance and also in terms of how his attitude has looked so I will backtrack a thousand percent and say I was wrong about Will Myers last year, and he's shown me that this year. And, and he's on pace for even in a, in, a, in a shortened season. I mean, he's on pace for the best year of his career. I mean, his base running has been better than it ever has been. His defense has been. I know we all question can he play left field, but his defense in left field has been actually well above average. I mean, he's looked like a, a very good defender by most metrics. So that's definitely good to see. And I think he's. If he can hit like this, he's capable of being that four or five win player that we wanted him to be. I mean, two years ago, he was worth 3.7 wins on fan graphs. And if he can be that four or five win player, I mean, that's someone you can build around. And that's someone who's worth that contract. I mean, we're all wary about that contract. But I think at this point, we got to be more wary about Hosmer's contract. Because Myers, I think, has somewhat shut us up a little bit. And I I will gladly be shut up. I've never said I'm always right. I've never claimed to be knowing everything about about how he's, his performance was, and I will gladly be wrong on this front. And I'm, I'm going to be the first to admit that I was wrong about Myers last year, and he's definitely kind of proved me wrong and, and shown he can he can be a, a force in the lineup, and I'm glad to, to see that this year. Yeah, no, there's still two full months of the season left for, for Eric Hosmer to make adjustments to turn this around, and he can he can do it. And hopefully he will do it because that's the the reputation that he has. That's the reputation that he comes with. That's part of the intangibles and part of the reason why this team selected him. It was that he was supposed to be able to pull his pants up, his big boy pants up, and when the going gets rough, get the job done and not complain and, and be a leader for a lot of these young players. So seeing him struggle and his reaction to it, is important for a lot of these young players because they need to see a major league reaction. They need to see a positive reaction. They need to see a guy who goes out there and grinds every single day despite what he's doing in the stat world and, and is just prepared and, and putting his best foot forward because that's how they're going to learn to be a cohesive unit and play as a team. So we'll just have to we'll just have to hope that Eric Cosmer gets it. Uh, Let's yeah, get into some. Tr- let's, let's go ahead. You, you want to say you need he's some... going to be the leader that they want him to be. He's got it's, it's time to put up or shut up. I mean, yeah, really, it, it's year it, one it of the deal, is. and there's many years to go. So obviously, there's time. But I think yeah, this is important. This is an important time for him to just put up or shut up. Exactly, and you, and you know he's not satisfied with with what he's doing. You know, oh, you know he's not I mean, just he's not, complacent. He's not complacent, but no, exactly. So you gotta you gotta yeah. you gotta learn from your mistakes and take advice. I mean, you see how many players around the game have taking advice to hit the ball in the air more. And we're not saying he needs to, you know, hit everything in the air. We're not saying it's an it's an overnight fix, but this is just I mean he's, he's got a negative launch angle. That's an average That's launch angle of negative yeah. is terrible. I mean there's very yeah. few players in baseball who you can say have a negative launch angle and very few players in baseball who have that and succeed with it. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's uh, an amendment and something that needs to be changed and and hopefully he's uh he's going to do it. So, Let's let's move on to some trade talk before we get out of here. A uh, couple minutes, we're running a little over with our pod uh, today. Chris Archer news: uh, John Morosi, I guess, reported that the Padres and Rays are dancing around in trade talks. Uh, the Padres are reluctant to give up uh, Mackenzie Gore, Fernando Tatis, naturally, but there is a report from Morosi that they could possibly give up 
some names that are lower on the list uh, past those first two. So give me your thoughts on that. Uh, I know both of us are not huge Chris Archer fans. I think it all comes down to cost. But give me your thoughts on the fact that the Padres are entertaining this this idea of acquiring a ace or a potential ace who's under team control for a long time and whether or not this is the right time to do it. Uh, a lot of fans are arguing over the fact that this isn't the correct time to do it, but give me your thoughts. Yeah, I, I totally get the argument that it's not the right time. I was saying the same thing last offseason when people kind of – there was some floating of that idea of should we go out and get whoever. And I, I was kind of the same front with Hosmer. Like, do we sign Hosmer when we're not really clearly ready? And mm-hmm, I didn't think mm-hmm. we should have at, the, at that mm-hmm. point. Um, but kind of on the flip side of that, I think um, – I don't think it's necessarily a bad move to at least consider this. Um, people get attached to prospects, and I, I get that. I'm the same way. But at the end of the day, you accumulate prospects not just for the sake of these guys are going to be big league talent for you, but also for the sake of this is an, these are assets, right? And I know it's terrible to think of human beings as assets. I get it. Um, I'm not going to delve into that too far. But these guys are valuable trade assets. And some of these guys are going to have to be good on another team. That's just how it goes. I mean, you look at all the teams that have won championships recently. The Astros, the Cubs, they had to trade away some pieces. Do you think the Cubs wanted to trade away Glaber Torres? Do you think they like seeing Glaber Torres perform well? No, but they won a World Series, so they don't give a shit, right? Same with the Astros. They gave away some good pieces. I mean, you look at – obviously, they haven't panned out the same way. I mean, they traded a bunch for Ken Giles. Uh, Justin Verlander was a guy they had to acquire – they trade away some pieces, and obviously they, they, they have to stomach that, right? I mean, you don't know what Daz Cameron's going to be one day. Um, mm-hmm. They've held on to t- Kyle Tucker, but there's been some pieces they've traded away. So you're going to have to make those trades. And I get the argument that it's too early, and I, to an extent I agree with that. But here's what I will say. If the Padres trade for a, a, a front-line start of this offseason, whether that's Noah Syndergaard, whether that's Jacob deGrom, who apparently, according to Joel Sherman, the Potters have touched base with the Mets about Jacob deGrom. Yeah, I read that. Um, same with Chris Archer, Michael Fulmer. I floated on Twitter about Dylan Bundy and Kevin Gosman. Those, are, those aren't really top rotation stars like the other guys you mentioned, but mm-hmm. those young, controllable guys, I am fine with that kind of move. If you can avoid giving away... I mean, for me, I think the top three are untouchable. Tatis, Urias, and Gore, probably untouchable. I would maybe part with Gore, depending on who you're parting with obviously who you're getting back. Um, but outside of that, guys like Quantrill, guys like Baez, um, those are assets. Um, those are guys I think you can trade. Um, I maybe wouldn't want to trade those guys necessarily. It'd have to be for the right piece. But here's what I will say. If you acquire a front of rotation starter, that's not enough. Um, to me, that's bullshit. If you do that and you that's all you're doing, that's not enough. This team is not going to be a wildcard team next year with just Noah Syndergaard. If that point, no. if that point, throw money at Manny Machado, throw yeah. money at Bryce Harper, that, make that was a my big move. That I was mean, my next show question. You, if, yeah, if, show if, you have the balls to make a big move. Show you have the money. Like put put the money where your mouth is. And if Ron Fowler's really sick of losing, he's sick of this team looking like this, then pony up and do what you have to do. And if you can do that, then yeah, I think acquiring a front of the rotation starter and giving up a couple prospects that's fine. If you pair it with Manny Machado and maybe a lesser piece, you gotta you gotta make a move, right? It's not just it's not just one move. It's got to be multiple moves if you really want to speed up the timeline. And I think just acquiring Archer, just acquiring even Syndergaard, that doesn't do you much. That gives you a couple wins. That makes you a mid seventy win team, which isn't gonna cut mm-hmm. it. So make a big splash, go all in, and and you got me on board. Yeah, you know, I, it's, I think timing is the key here. You know. It's not necessarily about whether or not acquiring them now is the right time or in the off season the right time. It's about cost and and how much these teams are asking for these players. 
whether or not they're on a discounted rate because the former's hurt, because the Syndergaard's got a, a, a disease or a, a virus right now, whether or not they're able to take a little less or whether or not the Padres are comfortable in moving a certain prospect now before they view them as bottoming out or before they view them as their their value going down with another two years of, of, of minor league, uh, another two months of minor league play. So there's a lot of factors involved in this. Uh, it's it's anyone's guess on what the teams could be looking for or what they could be eyeing, but I think it's pretty safe to say that the Padres are going to have to part with a, a couple of pitchers in order to get a player of this of this ilk. They're going to have to package. Uh, you mentioned a Baez or, or Morahone or, or I mean a Baez or um, okay. I guess I uh, I should have said Morahone's another guy I would probably not be yeah, inclined no, to trade now. But if you can throw in either Baez or Quantrall, 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 and um, <laughs> Naylor, I would probably make that move. One of those two and, and Naylor. For, if, that, for, if, that, if that gets it done with any of those guys, and I don't I don't think it gets it done with Syndergaard or Degrom, but if that gets it done with Archer or with maybe I don't know name any other starter out there, Carlos Martinez. I mean if you can if you can do. Baez or Quantrill, Naylor, and one or two lower level guys. I would do that deal. Yeah, definitely. And and they Padres have the depth to be able to throw in a couple minor, a couple lower name arms, uh, an Avila, a Balanos, a, a, a lottery tick like a Henry Henry, something like that. They could throw in there to entice these teams, and it wouldn't be a huge downfall for their minor league system because they got freaking twenty five arms that are look like serious major league prospects as far as pitching arms are concerned. So it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see if they go out and acquire an ace like that, whether or not Preller changes the gears and there's more moves to be made. There's more, uh, veteran type leadership to be acquired and to be, I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what he has in store for him, uh, in store for the fans in store for the team. But one way or another, this team is trending in the correct direction. I, I really thought that last year would be the bottom-out point, but it, it, this year is going to be the bottom-out point. They are going to be the worst that they could possibly be at this point. I would think that next year would be a point where we start to trend upwards. Um, I, I don't know, Patrick. Give me your thoughts on whether or not you're expecting next year's team to take this step into the next level. I wouldn't expect a playoff appearance or, or contending next year, but maybe a 500 goal. Give me your thoughts on the 2019 Padres and the potential that they have. All right, let's do some math. Um, how many games do you think the Padres win this year? Give me a, give me a fair estimate. In total? Yeah. So end of the season, uh, what's their win total? Let me see. There's 105 games played so far. They've won 42. So that's, what, 57 games left? So say they win uh, half. That puts them at I say 70 wins. 65 to 70 okay, so is where they're how many, how many games, how many wins gets you in the wild card picture this year, do you think? Like how many how many games are the, the two uh, wild card winners going to win? Yeah. 90 plus. You think 90 plus? I'd say at least upper 80s. So let's yeah. be conservative and say 87. That's what, 20 wins you have to add? Uh-huh. Okay, so let's say Tatis comes up and he's, I don't know, day one he comes up, somehow makes it out of camp next year, and he's a five-win player. So there's probably about five wins. So I think Galvis has pretty much been a zero this year. Um, uh-huh. Now let's throw in Urias. Say let's say Urias is a four-win player. There's four wins. So even if those two, best-case scenario, those are both above-average all-star level players even. That's nine wins. That puts you at maybe mid-70s. 
So where do you find the other ten to twelve wins? I mean, even if you have Quant- even if you have Quantrill suddenly come up and be good, if you have uh, Nick's come up or Allen come up or Paddock come up, even if like three of those guys come up and they're all three or four win pitchers, that's not that's an improvement from what we have now. But is that really enough? That's maybe another five or six wins that puts you at eighty. So I can make an argument for an eighty win team if all that goes right, but. Where are you going to get 10 more wins or 7 more wins? I mean, unless you sign Manny Machado, who's obviously a clear upgrade over Christian Villanueva. I mean, nothing against Christian Villanueva. Or a Bryce Harper, who honestly had a down year, so I don't know if that's really much of an upgrade if he performs like that. I mean, he's got a higher potential. Uh, but if you add a Noah Syndergaard or a guy like that who can have a you know, a 5 or 6 win year, even with all of those moves, you still are looking at a team that's maybe in the 80s, the low 80s at that. So where do you find the rest of those wins? I mean, you got to expect guys like Hedges to figure it out. Margot's got to figure it out. Renfro's got to figure it out. Myers has to have a monster year. There's so many things that would have to go right for this team to be even 500 next year to me. I mean, I don't really see it. I can't squint and see a team that's competitive next year. Maybe 500 if all breaks right, things go well. But I can't see a team that's pushing 90 next year. It just doesn't seem realistic to me unless they do make these big moves and they see a lot of prospects take the big step forward. Yeah, they're going to need a lot of luck in order to, to reach that kind of plateau. But uh, the game of baseball is, is mysterious. You never know what's going to happen. And definitely, there's there's has to be moves. I mean, we already know the the, the Rule 5 uh, draft constrictions that they have for next year. They, they're going to have to make some 40-man roster moves. They're going to have to clear some space. And I would think at some point they're going to want to uh, deal a lot of the – trim a lot of the quad A players that they have on the team right now that are excellent AAA players that are just – minor that are just below average major league players either dfa them package them get them out of here and start bringing in these young players and then start potentially bringing in some star type players either young and old uh, and, and kind of mix and match and, and and see what we have here but you're right they're they're, they're not going to make up 20 something wins next next season uh i mean it's at this possible point. The, twi- it, it the is twins possible, did it last year they won i think 20 exactly or 30 more games but that was just a lot of it's a lot of luck it's a lot of things breaking right and you just can't expect that to happen and no, I, I would put no. the odds very very low exactly the, the odds are very low but the odds are very high that the Padres make a move uh, this trade deadline, so we'll have to wait and see what they do in the next uh, week or so. So it's a, it's interesting. God, the trade deadline is, what, six days away? Uh, uh, yeah, good we're, stuff. we're getting close. So and and, and I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure that uh, A.J. Perla will have uh, some moves for us uh, to keep our uh, – Keep our interest in the team peaked. Uh, <laughs> I think we are good, Patrick. We ran a bit over on this podcast. We usually don't like to go this long. Uh, I guess Leisure hey. Fryer is gonna have, gonna have to do another lap or something. That's fine. I mean, Leisure he likes to exercise, so um, he'll, he's gonna love that he got a shout out. He really likes when people mention him. I mean, I know. I should, yeah, we shouldn't have said anything, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're hosting on Podbean. You can find us on there. Um, anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, you can find us on there. Please leave a review on iTunes. I don't normally say that, but, you know, go for it. What, what would yeah. it hurt, right? Bad um, or good, just leave something. Yeah, we're at, wow, it's been 102 episodes. Um, it's been crazy that it's been this long. It's been good three-plus year run here. Um, and hopefully we're we're going to hit 100 more at this rate. <laughs> Do you remember who our first guest was? Yeah, Austin Smith. There you go. I think we jinxed That's... him. I'm, 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 I you know, very much I, feel I think... like we, get, we jinxed him. If that's the case, then we we need to remove Cal from our opening. Uh, our maybe that's opening. why Cal's not doing well. I, I've been thinking can you, about that. Can you that. get a new player, like someone that like? I, I yeah, I don't know. If, if do we dare 
jinx them. I mean, just get someone who's already like having a down year. Maybe it'll be reverse. Luck, you know? <laughs> it'll be reverse jinx. Yeah. All right, Cal. Sorry for 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 having you on. Yeah, on I feel our, bad. Our we we ruined Cal's career. So. I think I think we're gonna have to take him off uh, from now on and see if he uh, if he bounces back this next uh, six or seven weeks of the season. Yeah, I might have to take him off for this. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take him off. He's not going to be on this podcast. I mean, by by the time you hear this, you won't have heard it. But um, yeah. I think I'm going to. If try you wonder it. where Cal went, that's and where we'll Cal see. Went. We'll see how he pitches this week, and if it goes well, uh, I'm going to have to take him off for good. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah, he's retired, and I'll, I'll send him. A, I'll send him a little note. I'm sure he'll love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we'll uh, we'll have some more guests soon. I know we haven't had guests in a few episodes here, but we got a few people uh, on the docket, so we're going to start picking up those guest episodes. I know. Some people say they like us better when it's just me and James, but uh, James and I, uh, my, yeah. my grammar is pretty bad. But uh, I, I do like the uh, the episodes with uh, prospect evaluators and guys like that to kind of hear, especially when the Padres hopefully pick up some more pieces here this next week. We'll have yeah, exactly, about. exactly. All right, Patrick, take us out of here. We are good to go. Uh, thank you, folks, for the listen. Yeah, we always appreciate the listen. Uh, we're the East Village Times podcast, and we are signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast.